Welcome to Experience This, the podcast that celebrates remarkable customer experiences and inspires you to stand out from the competition by wowing your customers. Each episode, we bring you a healthy dose of inspiring stories, funny interactions, and practical takeaways. Marketing and customer experience thought leader, Dan Gingas shares the mic with customer retention and employee experience expert, Joey Coleman, helping you to get people talking about your business. So get ready because it's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss hilarious product instructions, what we love and can't stand about health insurance, and our forecast for 2023 customer experience trends. Laughing, enrolling, and predicting. Oh my! It's shocking how often people use 38 words to describe something when two would do the trick. We're looking at you, lawyers and accountants. Words matter, and there is no excuse for trying to hide what you mean. We explore words and messaging in this next iteration of Say What? Loyal listeners of the show know that we have a multitude of different segment types here on Experiences, and there are ones that we lean on more often than others. You know, we like a good CX press. We like a good This Just Happened And then there's some segments that we've introduced and for whatever reason, we haven't gone back to as often as some of the others. So I decided that we were going to create an entire episode with three different segments that we have not used in at least a year. So if you are a longtime listener, you're going to love this because we are going to be bringing back some fun episode segments that we have not done in a really long time. We're going to start with, of course, Say What?, Now, I dug deep for the inspiration for today's Say What. I actually found an article from five years ago. You know what else happened five years ago, Joey? Uh, The Cubs didn't repeat as World Series champions. Oh, ouch. (laughs) Hit me where it hurts, man. No, that's not what I was thinking. Five years ago, we started the Experience This Show. I feel like I need to interject for people that are newer who are going, wait a minute, five years ago at season 10. Kids, friends, listeners, it's a lot like school. We have a spring semester, we have a fall semester, and we take the summer off so you can do things other than think about customer experience. So five years equates to 10 seasons. Next year will be season 11. It's also kind of like Survivor, which is on season 42, but has not (laughs) been around for 42 years. Touche, touche. All right. So anyway, uh, the article that I found, however, is absolutely timeless. It is titled 65 of the Funniest Product Instructions and Tags and is written by Greta Yarayusavisiat from Board Panda. It features, as you might guess from the headline, dozens of hilarious instructions. And since you know I love anything witty, I thought it'd be fun to share some of them with our audience. So a whole bunch of them happened to appear on shirt tags, Uh, you know, the little tag with the washing instructions. And so I'm going to share a few of those. One of them says, 
these t-shirts were tested on animals. They didn't fit. <laughs> Another one says, wash this when dirty. Pretty clear instructions. A third one, machine wash cold. It's never so hot that you have to take off your shirt. Don't be that guy. Another one, for best results, machine wash cold, tumble dry low, never iron design. For worst results, drag through puddle behind car, blow dry on roof rack. And finally, a tag that appeared on a hoodie, washing instructions, machine wash cold, do not bleach, turn inside out, no softeners. Life instructions, lawyer up, delete Facebook, hit the gym. Oh, I love those. So many fun tags. And what a great example of the fact that almost every shirt you buy has a message printed on the tag. Most shirts you buy have the same bland, boring message that while it may be useful for the care of the garment of clothing, it is not doing anything to advance the conversation, create an emotional reaction with the customer, make them smile, make them giggle, make them laugh, make them think, I really should buy more shirts from this brand or this company. So I love those examples. There were also some, Dan, which I don't know if you just glossed over these. These were um, some shampoo bottle examples. The first one, which I'm I... am sorry, was that yet another <laughs> ball joke from my friend, Joey Coleman? I was basically trying to create a callback to the previous episode. I forget what number that would be. Oh, yes, it would be episode 179, when I made a joke about Dan and a shampoo bottle in the Heinz ketchup bottle story. So now I too, finally, 10 seasons in, have properly referenced a past episode. Yeah, one episode for you. <laughs> I literally, folks, was like, wait a minute, what one are we recording? Okay, you want well, one before that. Okay. But anyway, the directions on the shampoo bottle read as follows. Apply to wet hair. Massage into scalp and hair, working through the ends. Rinse thoroughly. Feel free to belt out some horrible 80s tune that you listen to when nobody's around. Whatever. You totally do it. Or <laughs> I, gave, I gave, made sure you got to read that one, Joey, because I feel like this is pretty descriptive of one Joey Coleman. This is 100% descriptive of me. I would say the tune that I belt out in the shower the most while shampooing would have to be uh, probably an acapella version of the song Africa by Toto. Oh, it just sounds mm -hmm. better in the shower. What can I say? All right. You know, and, and we should mention to our listeners that our, our mutual friend, Joe Diedzik, uh, who is also an acapella singer, I am guessing, Joey, that we both sang Africa with Joe at different I, times. I have done that. Yes, they, they were at yeah. different times, but yes, indeed. So shout out to our loyal listener, Joe Dietzik as well. Um, I also love the instructions on dog shampoo, which read as follows. Remember to eliminate all escape routes well in advance. A tip, once your pet is slippery and wet, he or she is smarter and faster than you are. Now, Joey, I know that you are not currently a pet owner, but I can tell you with full authority, this is absolutely true. <laughs> these, these are properly written directions, eh? Yes. So then there was a set of furniture instructions, which of course reminded me way back in season two, episode 42, we did a segment called Required Remarkable where I talked about some furniture that I bought from Target and how the instructions started with something, I'm paraphrasing, but something about 
don't sweat this. It's going to be easy. And it totally changed my perception. I had planned on like two hours. It took my son and, and me like 20 minutes to do it. So it was fantastic. But these furniture instructions, they have these little... I'm trying to describe a picture here. You know, you've got the instructions of how to build the thing. And in the side, there's like these little boxes, almost like a, just side notes. And one of them says, sidestep, make nachos. Optional, but recommended. And then another one says, now might be a good time to refresh your drink. And there's a picture of a beer icon, like a, a mug of frosty beer. No, I, I love these, Dan. These are great. And again, the playfulness, right? It doesn't always have to be button-up serious. For example, the bottom of a coffee mug that says, for best results, use the other side. Love it. Absolutely love it. Now, I'm going to do another callback here because this is our 10th season and we're filled with he's callbacks. Just showing off. He's just showing off now, folks. I do one callback at the beginning of the segment that is literally the previous episode. And now Dan's got to drop a bunch of them from episodes that we were recording before you were even born. I love it. I, I, correction, you've done one callback in 10 <laughs> seasons. Touche, touche. <laughs> Anyway, back in season four, episode 75, you talked about deep fakes. This ah, yes. idea of these videos that are created that are supposed to be made to look real. I believe you shared one of, of uh, former President Obama speaking and it wasn't really him or he didn't really say it in, those, in that order. And so this one that I found, I, I'm just saying this callback because I don't know if this is real, but it sure looks real. It is a can of soup. You can see on the side the Campbell's logo. Oh, this is fake. This is okay. fake. I'm telling you no, right now. I this think is after that, fake. yeah, I think that's the hint that it's fake. Gotta it's be fake. It's so awesome. I gotta read it anyway. It's the cooking directions. One, lift tab and pull to remove lid. Two, immediately slice fingertip on edge <laughs> of lid. Three, throw lid very hard into garbage can so it knows what it's done. Four, laugh at portion of directions regarding stove. Five, dump cold glob into microwave safe bowl. Lose appetite. Six, microwave until scalding on the edges and freezing in the middle. Seven, stir until lukewarm throughout. Eight, ignore soup-coated walls of microwave forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant, even if it happens to be fake. I love that it made the article. Now, look, there are obviously dozens more in this article. Remember, the title stated 65. And frankly, I got to warn our listeners, a number of them are not appropriate for a family-oriented show like Experience This, so please beware. But I think the takeaway from these examples is that anytime you communicate with customers, in any channel, in any way, it's an opportunity to create an experience. It's an opportunity to put a smile on somebody's face. When I talk about witty, I always say it doesn't have to be fall out of your chair hilarious. Nobody's asking you to be a stand-up comedian. It can just be clever. It uses language to your advantage. It stands out because it doesn't say what everybody expects it to say. And when you capture someone's attention like that, you've become memorable. Sometimes the customer experience is amazing. And sometimes we just want to cry. Get ready for the roller coaster ride in this edition of I Love It! I Can't Stand It! It's been a long time since we played one of our favorite games. I love it. I can't stand it. A full year, in fact. But I thought it was a great time to bring this one back because it's that time of year again, Joey. 
a time of rejoicing and celebration, of buying the gift that keeps on giving. I'm talking, of course, about open enrollment. I was getting excited there for a minute. I was starting to feel pumped about this segment. And then you decided to go ahead and ruin it. Thank you for that. Thank you. What? You don't like talking about health insurance? Uh, Not not usually. No, no, not at all. I, I can't imagine why not. But let's break it down anyway. Because it's time to play I Love It, I Can't Stand It, the health insurance edition. So the way this works is Joey and I are going to go through the things that we love about health insurance and open enrollment. And all jokes aside, there's a few things that we actually did put on a list. And then we're going to put through, we're going to talk about all of the things that we can't stand about it. So I'm going to start and let's go through the love it's. I, uh, you know, back in the day when I worked for in corporate America, I used to love how my employer paid for a good chunk of my health insurance premiums. And often as employees, we don't actually realize the full value of this benefit. But as Joey and I can attest as solopreneurs, oh, I see that value now. Oh my goodness. So true. You have no idea how much, if, just as a little giggle, friends, for any of you that may uh, be listening who someone else pays your health insurance, just for fun, go run a little price quote to see what the plan you currently have would cost if you were buying it on the open market. And I will warn you, try to lower your chair as close to the ground as possible. So when you fall out of your chair and are gasping for breath at the ridiculous prices, you don't have as far to fall. I have to admit, I do like how many insurance plans today, you can kind of set up as a set it and forget it. You can put it on auto bill, it's up and running, things are going and it just kind of works through the process in the background, especially if you are fortunate enough to not be having a lot of recurring doctor's visits or regular doctor visits. If it truly is running as more of an insurance thing in case something goes wrong in the background, lots of times you can get it running that way and not have to spend as much time on it on a monthly basis. I also like how FSA or HSA accounts, these are those pre-tax spending accounts that employees and sometimes employers contribute to, are integrated into the healthcare plan. And the reason why this is important is that they are, those accounts are usually run by banks, whereas your policy is run by an insurance company. And when they're combined, you can view your explanation of benefits from, say, a doctor's visit. You can see how much you owe, and then you can pay directly from that bank account, which is very nice to see all in one place. I also love how many health insurance companies have finally started rewarding consumers for, well, frankly, being healthy with perks like discounted gym memberships or gamification strategies for step trackers and the like. I think if we're going to have health insurance, why not be rewarded for actions you're taking to try to be more healthy and hopefully not have to use your insurance as much? I also like how healthcare in general is finally starting to embrace technology. Just this last week, I was able to download my health history and test results to my phone. Now, it was only from one healthcare conglomerate, not for my entire life, because not everything is in the same place, but it's a start. And I do predict that uh, some years from now, we are going to be able to have everything about our health right at our fingertips. So, you know, if the worst happens and you get rushed to a hospital and you're unconscious, somebody could just take your phone, know everything about you, your blood type, your allergies, all of your history, 
And that's how it should work. Which will be a lot easier than that infamous scene in the movie Roadhouse when Patrick Swayze shows up in the ER with his medical file records before he has to get stitches. Uh, It'd be nice if this stuff was digitized. Yeah, that's an 80s callback, people. Speaking of things that are a little crazy, let's shift over to the I can't stand it aspect of the health insurance game and open enrollment. I can't stand that health insurance companies are still using language that consumers don't understand. Uh, Dan, when did we talk about this? I know it was a long time ago. Oh, of course. That was actually very long ago. That was way back in season one, episode nine, when we talked about a study that found that only 4% of Americans could accurately define four healthcare terms. Exactly. And if I do recall, those terms were deductible, coinsurance, copayment, and out of pocket things that you. And if I if I recall, you did you were able to uh, define. Well, I was able those. to define those basically because I spent three years in law school and then a bunch of times dealing with these cases in a legal context. But the reality is, five years later, these are still the exact same terms used on every explanation of benefits document you're going to see, which is also known as an EOB to some people, just to make it even more confusing. We got to get better, folks. If you are involved in health insurance in any way, shape, or form, or if you actually know of companies that are doing a good job with this, please, please reach out to us. Let us know because we would love to feature a wonderful example of somebody leading the way in healthcare experience. Also, if there is something more misnamed than an explanation of benefits, I do not know what <laughs> yeah. it is because it is neither explanatory nor beneficial. You know, what I can't stand is that this whole open enrollment process is so dang confusing. When I was doing it, when I was working full-time in corporate America, I used to get out a spreadsheet. I used to compare all the plans. I used to estimate the costs, you know, with the wife and kids and all this stuff. And every year, I'd have the same thought. I would say to myself, man, you're a pretty smart guy. And this is one of the hardest things you do all year. What do the less smart people do? Like, what? how do they get through this? Because I'm barely getting through it. How do people who, frankly, either don't have the time or inclination or just the brain power, how do they get through it? It doesn't need to be that hard. It doesn't. You know, another thing that doesn't need to be this way and is something that drives me bonkers is the pricing on prescription medicines, especially the ones that are life-saving. There's a part of me that it's like, uh, if you have high prices on something that's a choice, I still potentially disagree with it, but it's kind of like a high price on an iPhone. With all due love, and I, I love my iPhone, love me some Apple products. You don't need an iPhone to live. You know what you do need to live? Insulin, for example. And so the fact that the prices have been set up this way is absolutely insane. And in fact, I'm going to call it out right now. We are going to do a segment next season on the new business that Mark Cuban has set up where they are drastically bringing down the price of prescription medicine. I have some folks that I know that are starting to use this service and I'm in the process of putting together a segment for that. So good news is there's hope on the horizon, but a lot of companies could be doing a better job on this. Outstanding. I'd love an audio segment of Mark Cuban while you're at it. That would be nice. I'll see if I can put that that together. Uh, You know, I can't stand... I mean, this is not even just a healthcare thing. This is really in any industry. But I cannot stand when there is a disconnect between what's advertised and what's actually offered. 
I recently just bought a short-term policy on the marketplace and I specifically picked one because my primary care physician, also known as a PCP if you prefer acronyms, was listed as being in network for this policy. But then after I paid for it and I logged into the website, guess who wasn't there? Oh, would that be the person that you had picked the policy for? Yes. Yeah, weird. Weird how that was not on the list. Ah, ridiculous. Well, speaking of that, again, why they call it open enrollment, challenging, because why should we have this once a year? And I know there are exceptions before any of the lawyers in the crowd or people who are deeply immersed in insurance regulations write in or call in and say, you know, hey, wait a second, Joey, but like if you change jobs or, you know, you have this big life change, you can get in room. We should be able to buy insurance on the open market 365 days a year. You should be able to buy insurance across state lines. It is insane that there are all these limitations on insurance that are really not serving the insured and are really only lining the pockets of insurance companies and the way all of this is set up. But in all seriousness, why even have open enrollment? Why not just let customers keep their policies until they need to change them. In other words, hey, you change jobs, great. The policy goes with you. There's no reason that insurance should be attached to our employment and would make life so much easier for everyone involved. Like, oh, I don't know, all the other insurances we have, homeowner's insurance, renter's insurance, auto insurance, the car rental insurance, all these other insurances that we can sign up for a quick hit here or there, get what we need, feel protected, feel taken care of. Why doesn't that apply in healthcare? It should. Well, obviously, folks, we could go on and on about uh, at least the parts that we can't stand about health insurance, maybe a few more that we love. But we'd like to know from you, what is it that you love or can't stand about health insurance and what other industries would you like for us to cover in this segment? Because I don't want to wait another year till we do another one of these segments. So give us a shout at dan at dangingus.com or joey at joeycoleman.com and let us know what industry we should dissect with another love it, can't stand it. We might just use your answers in a future segment. Are you tired of not knowing the answer to customer questions? Do you wish everyone on your customer support team had a high level of subject matter expertise so they could respond to customers efficiently and accurately? If so, maybe it's time for you to swarm. Good afternoon. Thanks for calling Frames or Us. This is Frank. How can I help you? Yes, I have a question about a frame I purchased. Do you know what kind of material it's made out of? Because I have an allergy to pine, and I want to make sure I'm not allergic to the thing. Hmm, uh, let me check that out. I know we use different kinds of wood in our frames, but I'm not sure about this particular one. Can I place you on a brief hold, please? Sure. Ah, I know I've had this question before. Asked and answered, as the lawyers might say. I just can't remember it. I better swarm again. Now, let me see here. Oh, awesome. Here it is. I answered it just a few episodes, uh, 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 just a few weeks ago. <laughs> uh, that was so easy to find. Hi there again. Uh, thanks for waiting. I'm pleased to let you know that the frame is not made out of pine. In fact, it's made out of... Swarming is a framework that allows your support team to draw on the collective knowledge of your entire enterprise. Think of it like a beehive. 
When an agent initiates a swarm, Coveo's AI-powered software instantly identifies the best subject matter experts in your organization. Or if the answer is readily available, it points the agent to the right spot. Swarming leaves behind not only the golden answer you seek, but a honeycomb-like framework that makes answering questions easier and faster next time. Swarming is a great way to make questions you've been asked before easy to answer again. To find the sweet solutions your customer service team needs, visit get.coveo.com slash experience this. That's G-E-T dot C-O-V-E-O dot com slash experience this, where you can access an ebook with an overview of how swarming works and schedule a demo to see how swarming can help your team deliver better customer and agent experiences. Have you ever found yourself saying, I wonder what Dan and Joey would think about this situation? Well, guess what? Now you can know. Just tag us on social or message us through our website with a customer experience scenario, a question, or anything else you're curious about. And you'll get to hear our answers when you ask us anything. Longtime listener and friend of the show, Mary Drummond, who, by the way, has her own terrific podcast called Voices of CX, sent in this question for us, Joey, and it's a good one. What should CX professionals be keeping an eye on in terms of trends for 2023? Ooh, that is a great question and such a fun one to think about this time of year. Mary, you're a rock star. Thanks so much for sending it in. And hint, hint, everyone else who's listening, you can send us your questions too just by emailing us at joey at joeycoleman.com or dan at dangingus.com. I think there are a number of trends that we want to look out for. And I'm sure you have a bunch as well, Dan. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Age before beauty, my friend. Uh Beauty was a horse. Okay, so let's go ahead and uh, look at a theme that I think is going to be a huge part of the trends of 2023. It's certainly going to be a huge part of my life. And I think increasingly is showing up in a lot of conversations I'm having with audiences and clients alike. And that is the strong link and connection between customer experience and employee experience. If we look at 2022, a lot of the discussion has been around the great resignation and how do we get employees to stay? What often gets missed in the HR-related employee conversations is that constant turnover of employees has a dramatically negative impact on the customer experience. And if you want to enhance the customer experience in 2023 and beyond, you had better have a smart strategy for enhancing the employee experience. Because if you can keep your employees around, it makes for a smoother, more seamless interaction for your customers. And if your employees are happy to be at work, they're happy in the jobs they're doing, they're happy to show up every day and interact with their colleagues, they will also be happy to interact with your customers. So as I've said many times before on the show, customer experience and employee experience are really two sides of the same coin. As you polish one up, the other side naturally gets brighter as well. And as one side gets dingy and bad and negative, the other side gets dragged down with it. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Joey. And I think one of the things that people forget is that customer experience is delivered by your employees. And so we can't ask employees to provide great experiences if they don't know what one looks like. So I think they go hand in hand as well. I don't use the coin as a metaphor, but I actually use a more of like an infinity sign because I think that it is a ongoing flow and they continue to feed off of each other. As one gets better, the other one gets better. As one gets worse, the other one gets worse. And it's an ongoing thing. I want to talk uh, next about business continuity planning. I, I think this is something that has emerged from the pandemic and is going to continue to be critical. Because let's face it, most companies were caught off guard at COVID-19. They were not prepared for entire offices to shut down, for stores to shut down, for curbside service, for employees not to be able or willing to show up to work. Business continuity planning is all about being prepared for those things. And while the next thing that happens may not be another pandemic, it's going to be something. And I believe that there is no longer an excuse for not being prepared. If that's one thing that we've learned from the pandemic, it's that we got to be prepared for anything. And so I do think that as we go into 2023 and we feel like COVID is maybe in the rearview mirror, it's time to start planning for what's going to happen next and what are we going to do about it. And Dan, I agree with you and we'll add on one more tip or piece of advice for all the wonderful customer experience professionals who are our loyal listeners. This is a great opportunity for you to make sure you're involved in these conversations. Lots of times the business continuity planning conversation is about power and logistics and operations. Rarely do those conversations extend to and how will we be able to deliver the same types of remarkable experiences our customers have come to know and love when we're in a scenario where we have limited resources or limited access. So this is a great way for you to volunteer to be on those committees, get into some of those conversations and do your best to be a voice of the customer during those interactions. Building on this, I'll also say another trend I think uh, which is really going to be expected not only next year but going forward is responsiveness to shifting economic trends and the associated empathy that is necessary when interacting with customers. Whether we're thinking about inflation or recession or ongoing supply chain adventures or political instability, we're living in a time and era where there seems to be more uncertainty than there is certainty. And you need to be willing to address that with your customers. You need to be responsive to what's going on. And I think the more we can show up with a level of empathy and understanding, the more our customers are going to be drawn to continuing to do business with us. Yeah, and that actually feeds really well into the next one I wanted to bring up, which is that I am also seeing a tighter link between customer experience and diversity, equity, and inclusion. So DEI is a topic that's often talked about from an HR perspective. And here we are back at employee experience again. And while that's absolutely valid, many companies miss the fact that DEI is also a customer experience issue. After all, if we're good at customer experience, then we understand that all of our customers are different and unique, that they are of different backgrounds, that they're diverse in every way that you could define diversity. 
And therefore, they might use our products or services differently or might not be able to use some of our products and services for one reason or another. And I think this understanding of the different kinds of customers that we have is going to become even more critical to delivering a great experience for all customers. Well, Dan, I've got one more quick one and I'll keep it brief because I think we could talk about trends for days. I think in the year to come, the expectation is going to be for even more personalization. I know a lot of our listeners have already put in great work on personalizing and customizing the interactions for their customers. That's only going to be an expectation that continues to rise. How can you personalize every text message, every ad, every communication to make sure that the person seeing it, the person receiving it, the person interacting with it feels like it was crafted just for them? Totally agree. I think we should leave it there, my friend. Great, great trends. Thank you so much to Mary for the great question. And folks, please remember to send us your questions as well, because we'd love to answer it in a future episode. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. You're the best listener ever. And since you listened to the whole show... Yay, you! We're curious. Was there a specific part of this episode that you enjoyed the most? If so, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a coworker, a friend, or someone that just loves listening to podcasts. And while you're in the sharing mood, if you felt inclined to jump over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and write us a review, we would so appreciate it. And when you do... Don't forget to let us know as we might have a little surprise for you. Thanks again for your time and we'll see you next week for more Experience This.